What's up, y'all? This is Buzz from Buzz and Barbecue, and you're listening to the South by Southeast podcast. Just wanted to take out a second and let y'all know that we'll be at the Pierogi Fest this year in Whiting, Indiana on 119th Street. We'll be smoking brisket, ribs, sausage, pork belly. So come on out with the family and enjoy the day with Buzz and Barbecue in Whiting, Indiana at the Pierogi Fest 2021. Follow the smoke. We are here in a southeast side basement in collaboration. We have South by Southeast podcast and the Southeast, the city within the city film team. We are very delighted to have three wonderful guests here sitting in the same room for the first time in 50 years. We have Roger Coco Gomez. Yes. Hello, everybody. How are you? Roman Villarreal. How we doing? Good to be here. And Frank Corona. Presente! <laughs> Ladies, gentlemen, and everyone in between, this is the Legends episode. Mm-hmm. Yes, I like the sound of that. That is dope. Stephen Walsh, thank you so much for uh, putting this together and, and collabing on this uh, Legends dream episode. True. Dream come it. true. <clears throat> this is amazing. We got some really cool people here in the room. This is the fullest. We were maxed out here. For now, I'm gonna I'm gonna upgrade some stuff. Yeah. I feel I'm Energized. like motivated. Yes, yeah, I feel that. How's everybody feeling today? All right, right. good. Great. This is fantastic. Beautiful. Now Frank's over there. He's just jamming. Yeah. Um, I'm giving you backup music. Yes. <laughs> I think I want to piggyback. This is a legendary episode just because the the knowledge, the the wealth of experience, um, what they've seen, what they've experienced, and what they have to offer. Is, is tremendous right now so I'm just I'm giddy I want to be the fly on the wall right now oh, just let yes. these guys let them, la pared. Yes. Yeah, so Roman do you want to take the mic Coco you want to take the mic anybody want to uh, sit here talk Roman yeah. Roman go Roman, Roman. the master well, well, <clears throat> well the first guru. Of all, thank you guys for, for inviting me I've been um, watching you guys for, for a while you know so I'm glad for the invitation so um, not there's really uh, well there's so much to say let's put it that way you know and I'm glad that we're here and um, sharing some stories from the past and what we went through in the early years. Like I said, we all went to Thorpe together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, speaking of Thorpe, one thing that I'll never forget, Coco remembers all this. We didn't have a gym. Oh, they wow. used to take us down into the basement and That's they right. would make us do fight each other. Yeah, wow. They had, they had some bars on a wall that you like. Is that why I became a, a ladder? Boxer? A ladder. <laughs> I was just it's like a ladder. You climb it. <laughs> but, but but it was interesting how now that we're all here together, because there's so many things that we could share. But myself personally, I'm with the art movement here in South Chicago and the city of Chicago, and it's interesting that uh, at the age that I am now. It's, it's really cool for me to see the movement going towards that and what you guys are doing and, and especially Appreciate Steve it. Walsh, with, yes. which is, I believe, that film that's coming out is going to be a big plus to us in Thank the art you. movement. Yes. And um, nice. what's interesting about, I was telling Steve earlier that tomorrow I'm doing an interview for L.A. Wow. Mm. It's interesting now that uh, through all these things that are going on now with modern technology, mm. they're discovering us. Mm. 
So I'm going to be doing something in the Southwest. I have a show in uh, Dallas in July. There you go. So it's, it's, it's an interesting time for me. Wow. Thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. Nice. Thank you for being here. Thank you for oh, time out no, of your day no. and <clears throat> participating in this. We're here to have fun. Coco, do you yeah. want to take it? Yeah, yeah. You know, I get Christmas cards that say Coco on it. You know, nobody knows me as Roger. And my name's not Roger. It's Rogelio, man. I'm a Rogelio Gomez. But I did go to grammar school with Roman, and I've known Frank all my life, you know, a little later in life. But, like, when I was in tour school, I was one of the littlest guys there. I was captain of patrol. You know what I mean? And in my classroom, I was, I was smart. I used to do the homework for all the little black kids and shit of anybody that didn't know how to do it. And I'd help them out. So I had a leadership quality in me, and I didn't even know it. Nice. Okay? I didn't even know it. But I seen the people that stuck with me, how they kind of blossomed up with me, and some wilted away. Yeah. And, and that's a sad thing when you wilt away. Mm-hmm. You know? So, you know, as time went on, you know, I blossomed. I, some people I blossomed pretty. Some people I blossomed ugly. You know, I, that was blooming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But regardless, I, you you grow up and you go through phases in life and, and, and time. And, and those are the things that you have to put within parentheses and you have to keep them in there. And, and it's like, I spoke this. You know, I spoke this. And things that you want to remember, somebody spoke this. Somebody said this. Yeah. It was a wise man. It wasn't a fool. And, and, and you know, what I want to be, now that I'm, I'm older, I, I'm not a troublemaker anymore. I, you know, I don't even drink or anything like that. Yeah, okay? <laughs> but I, I, I want to be a mentor because I had mentors in my life that those are the only things that caught me and kept my attention in, in, in a straight line. Gotcha. Little League Baseball taught me discipline. You know, the teacher taught you with the ruler, you know, in my days. Principal whip your ass if you, and then send you home. But that's, that's a different story. That's part of growing up, though. But that's not only part of growing up that winds up being having grown up. Yeah. You know, so I, I went through a troubled childhood, but I met a lot of friends. And through the grace of God, I, I, they're still here. <laughs> thanks, for that. Guys. thanks, thanks, thanks yeah. for Jesus Christ. Yes. Go on, Frank. Frank Corona. Yeah. I, hey. I've known you most of my life. You, Man, we've lived on is, the same block. This is beautiful. This is past due for a long time. Roman is my mentor. He's an artist. He's a real, he's the spokesman for the community. Coco, they made a movie about you, Coco. Guitar. Yeah, he had a guitar. <laughs> what was the name of the song he sang? <laughs> Don't forget me. Or... Yeah, remember me. Remember me. <laughs> well, tr- he, wrote, he wrote that twenty years ago. Wow. But anyways, thank you very much, gentlemen, young people. Uh, we just had my protege, my mentor, pass away. Chui, Doctor Chui Negrete. I'd like to give a brief history of what we did when I was with him in um, in his 500 years of uh, history, Chicano history. We traveled the, the mid uh, the southwest, and that's where I've seen the movimiento. You have to 
have a special and have a crew go over there and every state I'm talking about, it's there. Bring it back here. Does, mm. The Midwest doesn't seem to have any any movimiento. We've tried Lulac mm. and Maldef. Eh, it didn't work. We didn't have no teeth. You have to have political teeth in a big city like Chicago. Well, anyways, yeah. let me let me stop the the uh, the comments on that. And I'd like to recite um, the opening which we would do in the classrooms at the universities all over the uh, the south the south uh, the southwest. I was in the back of my U.S. history class on the verge of napping. <clears throat> I was in my U.S. history class and the virgin nappy when my U.S. history teacher commenced to rapping. She said that we had landed on Plymouth Rock and talked about the 13 colonies. And I said, otra vez? I heard all this stuff before. <laughs> and I was reluctant to believe it. But then she said, yeah, we landed on Plymouth Rock and the 13 colonies. Y comenzó con, George Washington is your father. So I raised my mano and I said, Maestra, if George Washington was my father, then why wasn't he Chicano? Yo soy Chicano. And I'm proud and I know I can do it in my own good way. Chicano. Soy Chicano. I'm proud, and I know I can do it in my own good way. Some people say we're crazy. Some people say we're lazy. No soy su puro mexicano. Yo soy la raza de oro. From Chicago to L.A. Orale. Hey, Dr. Chuy Negrete. This is Pancho down here on Earth. I te veo, mi hermano. Yeah. Wow. Chewy. That was just a small chispitz how we opened, and I mixed it up. It's nice. good. It's that good. Was the, that, the, was that was fucking beautiful. El Movimiento. We're <clears throat> talking about the Brown Berets that came to South Chicago from, from California into the South Side, which we joined and started our own chapter. And then we had the boxers from South Chicago, which we don't have a history on. Mm. The Chicano, the Mexican fighters that came out of the South. I just made it to the Golden Gloves. That's all I did. Oh, that's it. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, the, we, have, oh, we have Olympic runner-ups. We have champions in our midst, and we don't even know who the contenders are. Wow. We don't keep a history of our, ourselves in our community. And with that, I'm going to give it back to you. Because you're going to ask the important questions that I want to answer. So, oh. échale, échale, yeah. échale just, crema uh, los tacos, compadre. Thank, thank, you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, everybody, for wow. participating in this Legends episode. Stephen Walsh, you hooked it up. Walsh, God bless really you. Good. Pleasure, man. Definitely. My pleasure. Dream so, come true. Yeah, so I just want to know, how do you guys know each other? How long have you guys known each other? And let's just dig into some of your childhood. What did you guys used to do back in the day in, on the South Side? What was a, what was a typical day on commercial? Yeah, what was it like? Oh, busy. <laughs> Koblatz was open. Gasman's, Lester's, these wow. Jewish expensive clothing store. Uh, I used to put my clothes on layaway. Me too. I had a charge account <laughs> yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. We, we put our stuff on layaway and you buy a nice pair of pants. and Leather, I had my first Stetson. 
Oh, you they had, were eighty dollars. Yeah. Nowadays they're like two or three hundred dollars. Yeah. I, I had knits. All the Turks wore my knits. Oh yeah, I had knits too. Even Carly died in one of my knits, man. Oh, Carly Flores. Yeah. He, he had Carly introduced me in Yolanda, my wife. Really? Oh, wow. He brought the brown berets back from California. Yeah, we, yeah. We yeah. weren't listening to him. He he, he tried. We were we were hanging on. On Houston by Munchie's house, right. we came. Right. We came out of Munchie's house, and the young kids were were gang banging on on Houston. Hey, you know what the fuck? We're Turks, you know what I mean? Stop it! So Cardi, he takes the guys. He jumps in the car with him. Come on, I'm gonna go counsel them into peace. They took him to Calumet Park and they shot his ass and yeah. threw him on the east side. Carly, Carly Car was cool. Carly Pride. Yeah. yeah. And he brought the brown, brown Beret movement and we didn't listen to him. Everybody says, no, man. It was Anthony's his name now. He runs the Brown Berets. Yes, right now they're bringing Anthony, uh, he's Roger's friend, my son's friend. Yes. I, I thought the guy was uh, uh, nerdish. Well, he's a Martinez uh, family, he, Martinez. Yeah, yeah. but uh, Roger loved him, and he would take Roger to WrestleMania. Roger would take him, and, and, and you know, and then all of a sudden, this kid comes out of the woodwork, and he's the leader of the Brown Berets now, yeah. and he's going to politic and lunatic at the same time. <laughs> you know, he'll tell he'll tell the establishment, uh, uh, we don't go for it, and you're wrong. These mothers, they made a piñata out of one of these, what do you call these, ice? Oh, yeah. <laughs> they made ice yeah, piñata, yeah, yeah. and then little Mexicans came up and yeah. beat him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's called turning tricks <laughs> and giving licks. So what else? What else is going on? Roman, what so, do you got? Yeah, what Roman, how did you on? fit into this? Uh, well, uh, it's, there, there's so many uh, interesting things when we were growing up in this neighborhood because it was, uh, it, it was a vibrant community. See, to understand South Chicago in the old days, everybody worked. Yep. There was taverns everywhere. Oh, yeah. Everybody had money. Steel mills. You know, and, mm -hmm. and it was really beautiful because there was no violence. Nobody was killing each other then. There would be fights and all that, but not to the level that it is now. Mm -hmm. So to really understand South Chicago, you have to really appreciate the old days. That, And I still see that Chicago is getting there. Little by little, South Chicago is coming back. And mm. we're proud to be able to see it in our lifetime that it's coming back because um, there was too much history, too much beauty that happened here to, to have it just disappear. I've always felt that South Chicago needed a writer. Mm. Almost what Steve's doing now, but he's doing it in film. I always felt that there's... Yeah, that's uh, a good uh, point. Somebody has to come up with a, a story. Wow. Not necessarily statistics about this, this and that, but I'm talking about stories of the... You know, like uh, some of the top writers from the Southwest. Doctor Doctor Quinones, Southwest. Doctor yep. Castellano. Yep. Um, there's Doctor Quinones, which I have to give you information on. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Roman. Oh no, no, that, that's okay, Frank. No, these are all uh, uh, writers and all that we knew from the past because we, we were all brown berets. Wow. I mean, I was brown beret with Frank. Oh, okay. brown beret. Yeah. We marched with Cesar Chavez. Yes. Wow. We 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 knew Reyes Lopez Tejerinas from the Tierra Maria. There's where you you gotta gotta go Tejerinas, famous for the. Uh, the shootout in the 1970s. Yeah. When he wow. would, they got, and then I also had an opportunity to meet at Canto al Pueblo with the Negrete family. We met Leonard Crow Dog and the Sioux Nation. Oh, then, and that oh, was the first wow. time Our native brothers. That the Chicanos wow. hooked up with the, the American Indian in those yeah. years. Wow. Uh, Leonard Crow Dog just died about uh, two weeks ago. Oh, mm -hmm. I didn't know that. But it's really powerful because there's a really Respects. powerful, the movement is called the Red Way. Now, I'm, I'm Chicano, you know, but I respect like I remember when we first met Leonard Crowdog in the early years, they were talking about bringing a lot of the indigenous religion back with us to South Chicago. 
And in, in all reality, it wasn't going to work. And I told him, look, you know, that's, I, I can't do that. I'm an artist, this and that. But I tell you what, I respect. And I figured that was good enough. You know, yeah. in those days, you respect somebody, what they're doing, and just uh, support them. Yes. And, and here in South Chicago, we've supported just about every movement that ever was in our own individual way, you know, to show the community that their support. Now, it's the, the, the turn that's coming now is going to see what's going to happen big. And uh, Frank would agree with me, probably Coco, economics. Mm. We need jobs. Mm. Bad. Yeah. I mean, to solve a lot of these problems that are going on right now, <clears throat> goes back to only one thing. We need work for the young people. We're, mm. we're on our way out. We're retired, all of us, you know, so... But we see the importance of going back to work and sweating and having a good day's work, coming home mm. tired. Mm. That's what a man and or, or not to say man, everybody needs to have that feeling of work. Yeah. What, they, what they call it is a chance. Every man, woman, and child needs a chance. Needs a chance in this or a chance in that. But the bottom line is there's an old Indian, he's standing in front of the tobacco store and like, Every other Indian, he's saying chance, chance. Now the cowboys come out of the tobacco store and say, hey, you stupid Indian, why are you saying chance? Indians supposed to say, how? Indian says, me know him how. Me want him a chance. <laughs> okay? Good. Go uh, uh, you know, and, and that... That's that's what people need. When we were young. We we never we were gang bangers. They called us gang bangers, but we were we were in clubs. We were officially clubs. Even the cops knew that. And we didn't have to walk down Broadway. We made a hole in the B&O wall and shit. We go from the little league field right under Baltimore, right under Houston in the dark. Yeah, we'd meet in the B&O. You'd have a fight. All right, bring bring your guys. Who wants to fight? Bring in you fight. I win, you lose, you win, and we go home. Yeah. That was it. It was over. And we were berets, too. Everybody had a beret. The Kings had a beret in Bush. The, the Royal Knights had berets. The Saints had berets. The Turks had berets. Because that's the symbol beret. That meant you green beret in reality. You bad mother, you green beret. You know, you war, this and that. That's what the beret represented. But it was a community representing their own little section, but it, it, it kind of went away, but it's all going to come back. Like I said, stronger than the steel that we once made in this neighborhood Ooh. is our pride. Mm. And that's going to bloom like a rose. And that's going to roar like a lion kitty. Our <laughs> east side city within a city. Mm. Nice, Thanks. man. Beautiful plug there. Ooh. You got to, you got to plug. You, you must plug. Yes, always. If it don't fit, you must quit. <laughs> so I would assume back in the day, the gangs, the berets, everyone was all about community and taking care of each other. So I feel like that got lost somewhere because now it seems like it's more just about territory and money. No, no, no. He's waiting for the, bloom, the rose to bloom. Mm. We went through struggle, but we were sort of kind of educated, sort of, mm. kind of. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like a master of all, uh, jack of all trades. Yeah. Uh, but we taught so much stuff to our kids. They know everything. They're multi-craft. Mm. They're multi-color. You know, they are the ones that are going to bring it back. They're going to put the puzzle back together. Mm -hmm. And in our ripe old age, like we are now, 
I got songs out there that people are playing and hearing all over the place now. He has paintings that are worldwide. He's a world-renowned artist. Frank Corona, super politician, if you can't get it right now. Mm. (laughs) But hey, this is the world. We have to protect the world, and we have to protect ourselves because if I eliminate you, what am I going to do alone? Mm. Yeah. What, what am I going to do alone? We, we need each other. That's how the neighborhood was before. That's why. How about Dino's chili dogs, Roman? Oh, yeah. No, no. <laughs> and one of the important things that Coco's mentioning is, <clears throat> is that the, the, when this neighborhood came down, we were almost middle class, like Coco was saying. But the problem was is once everything disappeared, the, the young people that came and inherited it, that's when everything went bad. I call it the bloody 90s. When we started, mm. I started going to the funerals Good. of all my friends' children, wow. their sons and all that. But it all stemmed from one thing. The, the, the mills, were everything was gone. Divorces started. Drug addiction came. Mm. Everybody was going in desperate. Everybody was desperate in the neighborhood to survive. A lot of us made mistakes and put ourselves out of the system trying to survive. It's called the gray area. I'm glad that finally somebody mentioned it to us at one time and said, and called it the gray area. I never knew how to explain what happened during that period because mm. we, we all were... We all made mistakes, let's put it that way. Yeah. But I like it now when it's referred to as the gray area because now people understand what we were trying to do and trying to survive. Mm. And the outcome of this is all these young men that started killing. These, these young men that died in these streets, they needed a purpose and something, and it was given to them in a wrong way. Mm. Yes. You know, And what Coco, what we said earlier, is it, it, was, it was a different world. It was a different world. Yeah. We never could go to Calumet Park. We couldn't goddamn go to Bessemer Park. We could not cross the tracks on Baltimore to go to Bessemer Park. Wow. Never. We couldn't cross the 92nd Street Bridge to go to Calumet Park. You get your ass kicked from the bridge to yep. the 95th yeah. Street entrance into the park until one day we all got together. Yep. <laughs> uh, every gang, yeah. right, right, Roman? Yeah, yeah I was we, we all got together because they whipped my little brother, his little brother, another little black kid, and we all met and we're gonna we're gonna take the park. Yes. Wow. We're gonna take the park. So we all met. And who's got, all of us? Who's all of us? All of us were the Turks, the Saints, the Dirty Water Boys, the the Spanish Kings, blacks. Raw nights. Anybody was raw nights were there. They, they arrested about 40 Rodriguez's. R O D R I G U E Z. That's how you spell Rodriguez. Well, and, and the judge that we went before was Judge Serta. Because we all went to that trial, all of us, there were like 50 of us all going to trial at the same time. Wow. Nobody else was arrested except us. Oh, Judge Serta, who came from this neighborhood, <laughs> right. looked at all the rest of us and said, Oh, what happened here? And he went away, he threw the cases out. You're right. But he called a bunch of us out. He said, I got a list of yous. My name was on it, this and that. And he says, You know what? The military is going to get you, you know, because Ooh. that we, you know, yeah. we had very few choices. Yeah. Oh, and lo man. and behold, 1968, I won the lotto. Oh, no. Right to the war. Wow. And a lot of us were in there. A lot of us were in there. I I signed up to go to the Air Force because I wanted to be a good guy. You know what I mean? Uh, I was a smart guy, too. I took a four-hour test, and I was accepted. But my lady got knocked up, you know? Mm. And she was crying about me going, I want to go. And then, like he said, there was a lottery. Anybody in that year that they had this lottery, on your birthday, 
They threw you into a hat. Okay? The first third, January to April, bye-bye, baby. Vietnam. Wow. You're going to Vietnam. Wow. Okay? Uh, the second third of the, uh, of the four months, you know, 50-50 chance of you going to Vietnam. So now you're going, you're 50-50, or you're the third third, which Mr. Roger Gomez Coco was 287. Exempt from the draft forever. <laughs> this is the grace of God. This is my karma. Mm -hmm. Frank, is, Frank, you, you want to talk a bit about that as well? Uh, my lottery number was 116. And uh, Jeez. this, what we're speaking of, is the 60s. Yeah. And, and Vietnam started before the 60s because we have to go into detail about our veterans. Mm -hmm. We have, in our community, you have to find... Um, our Korean vets are still alive. World War II vets are dying off. Mm. And there's no recognition over in, this, in the Midwest here on the veterans. I, uh, I got drafted right out of high school in 71. Wow. I was going to Vietnam. I got my orders to Long Bend. They gave me my 30 days leave. I went to say go, uh, goodbye to my dad. And then Nixon in 1972 de-escalated the war and brought 10,000 troops back. That's when they had just caught him for Watergate. Mm. So he's trying to stop make himself. Mm. I was in Oakland, and it was like a, it was like a movie. We're watching the TV, and we're all ready to go to Nam, and they come on and says, we're not shipping nobody out. And I asked the guy next to me, does that mean we're not going? He says, are you stupid or something? <laughs> and Forrest Gump. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. We're not going nowhere. So wow. I stood in Oakland and I went to AIT, uh, Special Forces, 12 Special Forces in Fort Chaffee, Arkansas. Wow. Hot. I was young. Like you said, I was a boxer also mm -hmm. back in the, in the 60s, won the gloves in 70. But getting back to the, the, uh, the military, our military historian from the uh, Mexican uh, side of South Chicago has just left to Texas. He moved to Texas because he's got discouraged here. Mm. No support for the, for the vets. So he's in Texas right now fighting politically. So he took his fight somewhere else. But in the 60s when the Vietnam was going heavy and we were worried about going to Vietnam, our, a lot of our friends died, died got yeah. killed in Vietnam. Yeah. My friends, the guys on the wall, on the hero, wall. right South here in the OLG. Chicago. Wow. Wow. That's the most Mexicanos killed in a four-mile or six-mile radius within a city. South Chicago. Mm, yeah. That's another thing I'm going to ask Mr. Walsh, mijo, you got to get over to that corner and start getting... Oh, we yeah. got that, yeah. We, we got, got, we got, got documented. We got I'm talking about documented. Yeah. So getting back to to what what he said about the Vietnam War, we lost a lot of Chicanos, a lot of Mexicanos that went. They, they weren't born here. They were Mexicanos from Mexico coming. They got drafted. I know this. Wow. That was COVID-17. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get rid of all the Mexicans, Puerto Ricans, oh. and the blacks that you can. Wow, that's a whole nother Exactly. Podcast. That's what it seemed like. It, it, that's, that's what it was. It was an elimination. Wow. So getting getting back after <laughs> after after college, I mean after the military, the next question is are who are are our leaders in the community? 
who are the ones that speak up and say, hey, I'm not like Noam Chomsky, mm. uh, Carlos Fuentes, the writer, mm. Carlos. I, I looked up to him because he was a doctor, PhD. We have, Chuy was a PhD. We have doctors here that were, where, what are we using them for? What are, we, what are they doing? What are they telling the community? Mm. These are called intellectuals. So what is an intellectual? Oh, that's, he's high educated. And they're the ones who keep in communications with the community. Tell them, hey, it's, this is not about Democrats and Republicans. This is a nonpartisan problem. This is about mm -hmm. people, nosotros. Mm -hmm. So um, the Vietnam War again, we were devastated in South Chicago, not only with the veterans that came back sick, addicted, um, Post PTSD that wasn't they weren't being uh, attended to. We saw that. Wow. We saw our friends uh, drinking themselves, fighting. Yeah, Dave Rod, he lost yeah. his hand. He lost he, his he, arm. He got a hook every weekend. They'd find his hook in somebody's back. Oh Ooh. my God! So and he 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 couldn't stop it, and he drank himself to death. But sorry wow. about to interrupt, but no, no, you're not interrupting because these are the stories. Yeah. He's only one. There's more. Wow. Young men that came back, highly decorated Purple Hearts with Bronze Stars. And, wow. and the mistake I made, never ask a vet, but wait, how was it in combat? You know, they don't, never, ever, a vet don't want to tell you, this is what I did. I was young and naive, and I look back, I said, how could I ask them that? Some of my friends that came back fucked up, I asked them. And never again will I ever ask a vet. Never. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're young, you you don't think you shoot your mouth up yeah. first. Hey, man, yeah. what happened over there? A couple of them, a few did speak up. I got hit by a rocket. I was, last thing I remember, I was in the back of a truck. Got hit, got hit with a rocket. And he was, he was, mentally he was good, but he physically he was, a, he was battered. These are the stories that we should be documenting also. Our military historian in South Chicago, I don't know who it is right now, but we have to find one and put mm -hmm. them to work quickly because our World War II vets are dying, our Korean vets are dying, and our Vietnam vets, they're opening it up a little bit. Now you got your Iraqi and Afghanistan vets. They don't, yeah. They're like the Vietnam vets. They're putting their arm out. They, they push you away. Yeah. And they have problems. My son-in-law, we have problems. There's a lot of these vets that we haven't attended to. So, thank you. That's 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 beautiful. rough. That's, so I, I got a question. I got a question. Um, you know, a big, a big theory that we're going with as we talk to everyone for the community is we're we're drawing this connection with these community clubs that began, whether it be to bring a race together, to bring a a block or a territory together, to bring a like interest together. Um, I think eventually evolved into these gangs that we see today. And judging from the stories I'm hearing from the stories you're saying, to me, it seems like, what do you do when you have a group of people who pretty much all at once lose their jobs? Those who came back from war are not getting the attention that they need. Um, to me, that's a recipe for, disaster. for, for what we, mm -hmm. for disaster. And disaster. you all coming from three individual different clubs. Mm -hmm. um, can you speak on that? I'd like to I like to kick out before I lose my frame of thought. We were a blighted neighborhood. Mm. So we had federal funds that were supposed to come in and they were taken to the north side. 
And, and these are facts. I, I would never make an accusation without having the facts or telling the truth. Devastated is not the word. Wow. The steel mills closed, the communities, the business, they closed down. And there's usually a contingency plan within the city to take care of a neighborhood. It's like leaving a little kid, say, I'll be back for you. Don't go back for him. Wow. Right, it's not us. I keep saying it's by design. Mm. And by that, I mean... Our people are hard workers. We we're clean, we respectful. So uh, uh, there's there's much more than the economics. It's when the jobs left, it devastated families, alcoholism, drug use, and drugs came into this neighborhood that we never heard of. Mm. Crack cocaine came here, marijuana. I'm not even talking about that. Uh, crack, uh, cocaine. We went through that stage and we survived. You know, we survived that. It was awful. It was in the 80s. You know, I remember it just it had just started. And uh, crystal meth is a, is a big thing right now. We don't even talk about it. Wow. He says, what? That's, yeah. that's in Mexico. No. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's here. Wow. Uh, we have to just, okay, you wanted to know how it felt. The families, the fathers that didn't get any, uh, were reciprocated by the state or city or the recognition that, look, we're out of work. We got this. There was federal funds brought in, but they were mm. scattered. That's how come we're the way we are. The 10th ward is the largest ward in the whole city. We got a beautiful lake that they're waiting to have plans. We got rivers that we don't even play in that we can't wow. even see. We don't own boats. But the Northsiders are here already. Gentrification mm -hmm. has started in this neighborhood. But yes, we yes. suffered divorces, alcoholism, the drugs, and the devastation of the uh, of the steel mills closing with the railroads, mm -hmm. the bars, clo everything closed. And if you look in the Bush area where I was born, coming into South Chicago, that was once a blooming. We could still remember it. Coco, that's why he speaks the way he, man, we had, it was beautiful. It, it was. It was beautiful, right? They tore down paradise. And, yes, wow. and they they tore down paradise, and and they left you with sacrifice. Made you a Damn. parking space. Oh, okay, and, and mm. the outlook of the future. I didn't have one then. I was trying to survive, keep alive. My dad had went through shit already. My mom even had to go to work at Richie's Box Factory. Oh know? yeah, I remember. I, I remember. And, and, you know, those were not. Uh, brain scientist jobs and shit, but that helped, you know? And my dad thought ahead because he, he went ahead and had him five or six boys. <laughs> okay? And when his shit hurted him, he, boys, like Reveille, get up. <laughs> go do your thing. What am I going to do, Daddy? You're going to shoe shine. Wow. You? You're going to go in the alley and look for bottles so you get $2, two cents a piece for them bottles, you know? You want to go to the show? You want to eat potato chips? Wow. You want a candy? Three for a penny. Get six for two pennies. Mm -hmm. Go do your thing. And in the winter, shovel somebody's snow. And then shine somebody's shoes. Pick up their garbage. Do something that'll make you an active part of society without even having to write it down on paper because people see this. Look mm -hmm. at that little boy. He's going to be pretty sharp when he gets big. He's already wearing, like Frank says, Stetson hats and fucking blue suede shoes. <laughs> but I don't think he's paying any union dues. Uh. And they were right.
<laughs> Roman? Like old school mamas didn't raise no fools, and we didn't give a damn about breaking no rule. Okay? Because we're from the old school. No, that's true. That's true. That's, that's funny, though. But, but on, the, on the other end of it was all of us here in South Chicago has lost family members. Like myself personally, I lost five family members to the gang violence over the last 20 years. That's not even counting my family members that are in prison for the rest of their lives. No. We, this community, when you really... I, I remember one time we were going to do something about to, rep, to bring awareness to this community. We were going to do something similar to the wall. And I was part of it. But I heard this gang kick say, I'm going to put you on that wall. We scrapped the project. Wow. Because we realized that what was going to go on that wall was so embarrassing to us as a community. Yep. Because there was hundreds of young men that were killed during that process for nothing. Let alone the ones that are locked up for the rest of their lives. We've all suffered. We've all suffered that, uh, that thing. And we're still suffering to this day. You know, because a lot of these young men had to... Uh, had to raise their families away from home. A lot of us they had to do that. So, you, do you think we get PTSD? Yes, Roman. Do you <laughs> think? Do you think? Well, we I, have. I, it's a certain form of it because, like, say for instance, to the brothers that Vietnam, because Frank is uh, always inviting me to to be the part of the 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 local for the union, right? Uh, for the armed forces. But the only reason I didn't do that because I didn't go to Vietnam and fight with the brothers, right? So I, as a human being, could not take credit for something I never did. Mm -hmm. So anytime when everybody would say to me, oh, wrong, you did it, I said, no, I didn't do anything. The ones that did do it are the ones that we have to show respect to. Mm -hmm. So that's why it was always important to me that Frank's always inviting me to this, but I, but I feel I didn't do nothing. I was there, but I never stepped in country. So we will never know how we would react until you're in it. People say, well, I would do this. You don't know yeah, until it happens. You're there. Mm -hmm. And I always felt that I could never take credit for something I never did. Yeah. Yes, I was in Vietnam, or, or era of it, but I will never ever disrespect the brothers and say, no, I'm taking credit. No, no. These brothers deserve it because, you know. And I'm a stateside vet, and the guys that I do so much volunteer, they say, Frank, you ain't got to tell them that. I'm not a combat veteran either. And I, I was in a, I, I said, I'm not a vet. I didn't go to war. Frankie, man. You're a boxer, a fighter. I said, they ain't the same, brother. <laughs> Going to Vietnam and coming back over here. <laughs> And um, it's it's ironic. Um, the Vietnam vets were really not recognized. Our Chicano ones here in uh, in our community, the ones that died are the twelve that are on the wall right here are. But we have a lot of them that just they died young, alcoholism, uh, drugs. Uh, I don't remember suicides. I don't want to say. Because I don't want to, I don't. I had. I'd have to be specific, but it was uh, devastating, and to, that's why I say, do you think with PTSD we should have it? Because we've been through shocks, and it didn't just happen for one year, four years, another ten years, seventies, come back, eighties. We're working, and we're providers. We're 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 a village people. People oh, that yep. take care of our mm -hmm. community and our brothers, our sister, Mister Corona. Mm. Nice. Yeah, but see, there was also a plus. Once we left the neighborhood yeah. and we seen the world, we brought the world back to the neighborhood and say, it ain't mm. right, this ain't right no more. That's why a lot of us started protesting the wars and all this, because right. when we were living in our community, 
we, we didn't even read the newspaper. We we're having so much fun on the street. Yeah. We never even know there was a war. Dances. Mm -hmm. But Dances. when we left, we all came back with knowledge that we ordinarily wouldn't have had. We were right. exposed wow. to the world and we were able to say, like in the earlier, like Frank was saying, Chicano, that didn't exist. But once we were in the military and got exposed to the brothers in California, the Southwest, we became Chicano. Yeah. Mm. You know? that, so it was that, learning. It was an experience. Like well, uh, in, in that day, like what Roman's saying, and Frank had mentioned it too, you did something wrong, either you asked went to Vietnam or you went to jail. Yeah. Wow. And, and that's called equality. <laughs> because you're just as fucked in jail as you are <laughs> yeah. in Vietnam. That's a good point, oh, okay. Coco. And, 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 and the thing is Thank that you. Now that they're back from whatever they did, now they're in the politics and they got money, they're in the force. They want to build gambling casinos and boats and shit. Well, they should be building community centers and shit mm. and get the young involved in there. Yeah. You know, what now, what they need now is old folk centers. They went through everything and they, they can't even convalesce, you know, because after you don't go there, you go home or you die or whatever. But you have to give young people a chance to grow like flowers out of the dirt. You have to plant seeds. You have to plant them and they'll, they'll grow. Yep. Voyager, a lot of earth plugs yes, here. Sir. A lot yeah, of earth plugs. You just got to water it and let it grow. I wow. mean, you let it grow. You water it or maybe it might grow it on. A cactus will grow by its goddamn self. Just plant it. Just plant it. Just plant it. Plant me and I'll grow. Wow. You know, um, I might grow into something that might stick you. <laughs> Look, so, okay. Coco, so when everything left, there was like, for example... The boys club, there's what the youth and the population we have. How come there's not a youth center there's here? There's none more. No and, more and what are the programs going on at Cal Park? What program? Have any of you? They when I was uh, coaching boxing for twenty years, they cut our programs, and we wow. had a lot of fighters. But we don't have an organization that speaks up say you can't do this, you can't oh. do this. What are you going to do? But Where's the youth center here? No, it's gone. Where's the community? Gone. Where the so hell is the youth center? Neighborhood house is gone. Right now, there's not one restaurant on, on, in the east side where you could have a family dinner. Mm. That's not by that for years. Wait, saying wait, that forever, it's, man. It's, it's not only that. Then. Is it? Is yeah. it us? No, it's by design. The politics from 18th Street, 26th Street. That was my question. Back yes. in the yards. Can we build the on politics that? is stronger over there. They have not elected. They have selected and appointed aldermen. Who that means the mayor says. The other one that was here was appoint was uh, appointed. So when you get somebody who is not elected, who are they going to listen to? They're not going to listen to you. They're going to listen to who appointed. That's the corruption. But we don't want to go that way right now. If my wife was here, she'd be doing this to me. <laughs> because you know why we're not going to talk about it? Because we're not going to talk, about, we're not gonna talk yes. about it because you can't handle it right now. Ooh. You can't handle the truth. And uh, I read, I read, I'm a, I, I read now. I don't work out. I don't run. I read my books. I finished reading uh, Taylor Flint's the, the Torture Machine about the John Birch case. He graduated from Bowen High School in 1968. Wow. I recommend you read that book and you're going to see what the judicial system in Chicago. It's called The Tur Torture Machine by Flint Taylor. The other one is Barack Obama's book. Mm. His autobiography. We were involved in all those campaigns. There was Latino and black unity. That's what we're mm. not speaking of. Mm. So we got Kara mm. Mosley Blanc. We got Harold Washington in. And man, we're making, we're, we're moving now politically over here. All of a sudden it just, it's, 
not us. It's by design. Again, I tried to run for alderman. It was a big mistake. And he says, a politician, he called me. Well, I've been defending myself. I am a community activist. I am not a politician. Uh, you know, and it was my fault because I ran and I regret running. You know, people were helping me so much and the people were bonding, man. Spancho Youth Center, Spancho Jobs, a restaurant, two, uh, Starbucks where we can go up there and meet. Yeah. Starbucks, man, for we have our computers and our phones and everything. So... The politics in Chicago is very similar to New York, Detroit, Los Angeles. Right now, the problem with the police, CPD, this it's it's a it's an international problem in the United States of America. I'm a retired uh, fireman, a lieutenant with uh, 28 years in the fire department, a union unionist. Uh, we fought for a union in 1980. We didn't have a union. Wow. You, and you know why? People don't even ask me. Hey, Frank, thanks. It's like, it's gone, it's forgotten. Mm. But now, I wish I could have time to tell you about what happened during the strike. Mm. Because again, it was the black and Latino unity that stopped the strike. Mm. So we have to talk about the Black Panthers because mm. not, the Brown Berets had already started before the Black Panthers. The young lords, the young lords were here in Humble Park. Mm. So was it assimilation? Were we copying Black Panthers? No, 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 no. They were they were getting tired. They were more militant. They were discriminated more. Well, we're discriminated more in in California. What's happening here mm -hmm. to the blacks is happening against the Latino in California. Mm -hmm. You don't read about it. I do. I keep up with this. This is something that Chewy taught me to do. So I said, man, how come they're not bringing it up on the news here? You know, there was a gentleman that was, George Floyd got shot for it. A Chicano was shot. He had a seatbelt on, no gun. He was shot. I think 19 times wow. in his seatbelt. During the Floyd, we didn't hear mm -hmm. nothing about it. Wow. Let's get off. If my wife was here, she'd be giving me the stop. <laughs> right, right, I, 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 I got one more. I got one more. So, so, you know, for us, for our generation growing up, it was like, you know, don't go to commercial. Don't go to Burley. Don't go to these places that wow. you all are describing as paradise. Yeah. So in my head, I'm, I have this just, vision of like long cars in 1975 oh, wow. 1980 and i'm picturing beautiful women from all over the world because that's what our community was and these handsome studly young men and dancing and and malt shakes across the kitty corner i know gramps <laughs> you talked about that tell me about those beautiful times in the neighborhood because for us coco, those are fables coco paint them a picture coco paint them a picture i'm gonna paint you a picture you, you you visualize long cars. It's, it's so popular that you had to work your way into long cars. Wow. Shout First, you were kitty-cornered in long cars in a soda fountain place called Bardelli's. You yeah. guys remember Bardelli's? Ten cents of cherry coke. Yeah, you know? And, and everyone hung around there because we knew we needed... We need a cherry coke. Comic books. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it didn't matter who you were. There was a few tables there. There was a jukebox. The jukebox didn't care who you were. Okay? Come about long cars. Long cars. I'm getting to long cars. Uh, I'm getting, I thought you couldn't hear. You knew you could hear. Okay? So anyways, you graduated from high school. You went to long cars. Okay? And the long cars, it was so popular, you could sit outside. Like pat outside patio bars and shit. Now wow. you could sit on the curb. 
Wow. And the jukebox, the, the side door was open. Everyone would be jamming on the sidewalk and shit, cutting watermelons up and loading them with vodka and shit and eating watermelon like you were a good boy. You know? <laughs> but no, no one bothered you. That, that was the beauty of it. You know, when we did finally get to mingle, we, you know, we had to become bilingual, two mingle. We had to learn white. Mm. I don't know what we were talking, but, you know, once that happened, once we were able to go to Bessemer Park and go to Calumet Park, then we mingled. And, you know, no chingas con Dominguez. You, know, <laughs> you can't mingle. Okay? You didn't have to be white not to mingle. You could have been any one of the gangs and not mingle. It, but but we, we chose to mingle when you are there. And we could buy potato chips and hot dogs and shit like that, hamburgers. Now, you, you buy paletas and shit. You buy, you, you buy nachos and shit. It's shit unchanged. That's not my point. That's that one. <laughs> okay, well, anyways, times change and people change. Uh, but you'll never get that again. You know why? Because you go try to sit outside of a bar now. Yeah. You ever hear of a drive-by? Mm -hmm. That's when they invented drive-bys because they couldn't sit on the corner there with you. Okay? I never seen a guy from long cars, though, go and shoot somebody at long cars. Or, a matter of fact, shoot anybody. And we didn't, but we fought. We, we knocked. Mm. They called them knuckles. We would knock. Yeah. You know, and sometimes we use the top of a of a garbage can, which was like Captain America's shield. <laughs> you know, southeast side, Dad. southeast shield. <laughs> That's it. You the had that, and you had your knees and your feet. You hoping you kick somebody in their balls, hit them in the head with that big ass topper, and you know, and you're gone. Okay, but like I said, we knew also that we were religious. I'm a Catholic myself. I'm a devoted Catholic. I've written songs for God and whatnot, or angels, or whoever the power be, you know. But we knew whoever fought Saturday, Sunday, on Sunday rather, and it was Christmas Eve, you guys had to go to Our Lady of Guadalupe Church. You had to go to something <laughs> they call Midnight Mass. Okay? So, like, to Santa Claus, you better be good, I'm telling you why. You better be good because your ass will get kicked after midnight mass. Mm -hmm. And that it had happened. Lately, I don't go to mass no more. I think in my brain, you know. Well, you can't even because St. Francis Church is closed down. Everything's uh -huh. closing down over there. There ain't even a church for us. Look, Mill, they closed all the mills. They closed all the stores. They closed all the parks. They closed all the doors. You know, and we walk around with our head hanging down until we come back. And that's what we're looking for. We want a way back. We want El Paso. We want to know the El Paso and we want to make a Paso. We want to make a parade. Mm. You hear me? And we're back. We're the mighty dime. We're the 10th ward. We're not only the 10th ward. We're the mighty, mighty dime. Mm. That's the whole thing. Frank was talking about the biggest Ward in the motherfucking hood or, or city? It doesn't do us any good. If I could reiterate and get back before I lose my frame of thought with Coco, speaking of long cars, 
The steel mill workers would go there. Yeah, the, cash, the cash. truck drivers, the police and firemen would go there. The wow. teachers from the schools would go there. Wow. Always an interesting conversation, not only on the politics of what's going on in what's going on over here, tenth ward. What's going on in the seventh? Seventh in court and the tenth ward are like like twins. And we don't we don't realize that. Mm. They're like twins. And and there's where you heard the conversation of politics. No, I disagree with you. Maestra, I know the, the the teacher with the with the iron worker, man, and they they would argue. I said, man, it's hot, some hot issues like nowadays, people get bent out of shape, and you can't have a decent, conversation. Uh, humane conversation and and refrain. Mister Corona, can you refrain from using that <laughs> foul language? I said, motherfucker, and I want to be quoted. <laughs> I want to be quoted. Nice. I says because the word motherfucker is a very functional word in the black and Latino community. Yes. Oh, yes. she just went with her pen. And she says, excuse me, <laughs> excuse me. We, no matter how we say it, we have to start doing it. We are going to come back. Mm -hmm. The South Side is coming back. Roman, this artist, he'll tell you, he gives me hope. Mm -hmm. Coco with his guitar. The, the Boy on the Hill. Remember that one, Coco? I'll play it for no, you. No, 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 Coco, please. I'm tired <laughs> of hearing The Boy <laughs> on the Hill. I heard that song 30 years ago, and I said, man, Coco's depressed. Coco's depressed, man. But he sang it. And that's what we do. I, I don't sing because I have a good voice and I don't play the guitar because I know how to play it. I do it because there's something, the spirit's out there and I try to grab it. Mm. That was one of Chewie's lines and I'm mm. taking it now. Mm. He says, that's one of the Chewie Negrete's lines and I love it because he had a unique voice. I don't have such a good, but I play a mean guitar. He plays a mean <laughs> guitar and he can sing. And this man can sculpture and paint you know how long he's been doing this? Oh, my God. I said, I joke with Maria. Sometimes I go over there and eat dinner. Maria, let's cut his ear off like Van Gogh. Frank! <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Frank! Frank! You don't even joke like that. I said, Roman, Roman, we have to take two off. <laughs> That's plagiarizing. If we only cut one. You got to do that. This man, not only in South Chicago, a lot of our artists went to 18th Street and 26th Street. Let me tell you that right now. Mm -hmm. And they call me, I don't even, we don't talk. I can't. I have to stick here. I have to stay in the nucleus. Now, we're at that age where, like he said, I don't go here, I don't go there. I lost a lot of my hearing, a lot of my sight. But I have this feeling inside that our time, you don't have to hear and, and mm -hmm. see what's going on. You can be black. And we, as a, a group of young Mexicanos, Chicanos in this this ward over here, it's it's up to you what you want. And you have to have something, community centers for the kids. You gotta have yeah. We you had the neighborhood have. house in South Chicago. Well, we, we had, had South Chicago birds. community center. We had birds. birds. Why, I grew up in the YMCA because I used to teach swimming. I was a good swimmer and I swam in Bowen High School. I'm from the class of 70. He's from the class of 69, 68. 68. I'm 69. 69, CBS. his favorite number. <laughs> I I went to college. Yeah, I I, I eat. <laughs> I, I, when I didn't go to Vietnam and I was in California, I went to Berkeley University of uh, the University of California at Berkeley for two years. The two years that I, I wasn't going to go to Nam, I went there for my speech and English. Mm. And then when I came back, I went to Chicago State and brushed up on that more. It doesn't mm. come easy to. 
speak and use the ele- the words to we have to follow somebody who is our leader mm-hmm. when i go on wvon and i go on these gospel shows or when we used to go on studs turco with chuy negrete he's a union man i used to ask the question where is the voice of the mexicano leader in the south side of chicago mm-hmm. well who is it mr corona you always ask us these questions and you have the answer I don't have an answer for that one. Wow. And we have a lot of graduate kids in the 10th and 7th ward. They're together, don't forget. So we have to find them. We have to bring them onto these mics mm-hmm. who will speak to you more eloquent than I do. Yeah. Who will tell you the facts, what to focus on. We, we made it. You guys, you're heading into paradise now. Give me some positive. Oh, I am I am no longer a Catholic. I'm a Christian. Thanks to God. I, I read the Bible now more. I go to Bible classes. I have a pastor. And I says, wait, I have to give up these saints? And Frank, just, you're good. You know what's asked. I, I, um, I used to question the, uh, the Muslims. I said, ask my pastor. He said, Frank, stick to Christianity. You're okay. Well, yeah, what about the Jews with the Torah? Frank, Frank. <laughs> Abraham is their, their, their uh, prophet. I said, yeah, but no. Here's a, here's a good example of what I'm speaking of. In the Christian Bible, in the Bible, it says, somebody slaps you, you turn the cheek. In the Quran, the Muslims say, if somebody slaps you, you slap them back. And I used to ask people that. I said, that's wrong. It's like in the Bible when they speak of if we start taking eyes out and <laughs> hands off and people uh, walking around blind, we know. Okay, so the Christian Bible teaches us how to do what community, which what I've, I've always done. It comes naturally. Communicate, man. That's how our brother, you could feel it. We didn't feel the love. Mm. That's what we were missing in Sashik. We were all divided. I haven't seen him. I'm serious. 20 years. And they live down the block from each other. And wait a minute. Wait a minute. I say, hey, man, what's up? Coco's okay. Okay, Rome. I I call. I don't call uh, Coco, and I don't carry a phone anymore because uh, you know, it's it's stre- It's it's a little bit stress. Mm. But anyways, we have to communicate more. Be honest with each other. You let your heart lead the way. Sometimes you have to feel somebody. Feel them, man. Yes. Dude, there's a lot of us out out here that we need help. You know what? Really? Three, we're the magic three, and if we put in thirty three cents a piece, we wouldn't have a dollar, but we damn near have a dollar, wouldn't we? Yeah. And, and we'd only need amen. A, we'd only need a third. Amen. You hear amen. me? I hear and, you. And Coco. that's that's what we need. We need to have it to where we got goddamn it ninety nine percent, and all we need is a third, mm. or, or thirty three and a third percent. Three of them make a hundred percent. You know, but, but to answer Steve's question, girls. <laughs> that was our main attraction to the gang. The tougher your gang, oh, girls. That's <laughs> the following. So we got to remember that was like that was that kid. Why we were doing what we we're doing? Yeah, we were yeah. Because the tougher your gang was, the more females were attracted to your gang. Wow. Yeah, and that was the key to a lot of why we were doing what we were doing. It wasn't because of that. No, no, we knew. So, and don't forget I want to answer that question and don't forget, <laughs> and don't forget they, for they, they closed nice. the community centers down so yes tell, we tell. went to the girls yeah I, I got mine from Houston you know I, I had to be out of territory go to get mine but I still got mine you know now like it was Coco deep says, Frank I eat I eat <laughs> I 
I, I used to eat. Now I just suck. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't eat, so, I don't chew no more. Hey, yes. So, Coco, when, yeah. Coco, when they try to figure this out, how can they take our birds? The YMCA closed down just recently, to, uh, 10 years ago. They take down our youth centers. They take down our clubs. The parks are not accessible. They put cement. Yeah. It's like a war zone, yeah. and they haven't put anything into the Calumet Met Park because we no. haven't spoken out against not against. There's the friends of the park yeah. uh, who run and do the somebody thinking. in politics in this tent war has something to do with that. There's the toilets at Cal Park stink like fucking sewers. Mm. Uh, you gotta be. Can you refrain? Dispray. Can you refrain from using the word "fuck," please? <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Coco. Hey, man. Well, hey, he was supposed to fuck you. You know what? But uh, but you know, I think I think I think it's also a you know I think communication is good, the key good. because you know there are a lot of good things going on in the neighborhood and and I think what we're all trying to do is bring that awareness there because it's it's a combo, right? There's so much devastation from from the history. Um, but I think at the same time, that devastation brought a bit of, of, of a lack of an education and communication on the neighborhood. And another thing that I'm seeing, which is a, a wonderful, surprising feeling, because when we first made this film, you know, we were always questioning what's what's the end. We're still questioning what's the end of the film. How do you end a story about a never ending story? Yeah. Wow. Um, you don't and, end and, and, it. And so, you know. Yeah. You don't originally it. my thought, you know, as I'm as I'm working on the script for how I want to compose the story is there's nothing left. But what I'm starting to see is this silver lining, this turning point. These young artists, these young musicians, these young academics, um, and and this community build. I mean, we need help. It's not all there, but there are some beautiful parks. I know we had a lot of big Mars shout outs uh, on this podcast. But again, these places that our own neighborhood doesn't even know about. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think bring it all to full circle. It, it is that Hopeful. communication. It's the, the communication. A new hope. <gasps> a new hope. The, the first thing... Oh, talk about that. Yeah. The, the first thing that people within the community have to realize is that you are part of the community. Okay? You're, you're not a by-part of the community. Okay? You have to be a whole village. Mm. You, you have to be complete. You can't be... In reality, South Side, East Side, South during and all that, and call yourself a unit. Mm. Unless you call yourself South Side, <laughs> you could do it that way. But what we need is something that you can't run into a corner. You just keep going round and round, and you're coming back, and you start again, and you start again. They can't corner you. Mm. Well, okay? well, I feel what's real important with what's going on here is that. Our community right now is, they're not aware, but they're very nervous about gentrification. Yeah. So it's very hard for things to be introduced to the community that are, in a way, for some of us, it's positive. But for a lot of it's negative. Somehow or another, we, we have to really study what's going on and look what can be, what we're going to happen here in 20 years from now. Right. And the mm-hmm. thing is, is a lot of young people that are, that are here now, it's going to be falling on your lap. Because... General Iron, of course, that's out. But there's a lot of things that are coming into this neighborhood that we have to let everybody know. Don't be afraid of them. Do research. Find out mm-hmm. more what's going on. Give an opinion because whatever things that we do now is going to affect us for 20 years. And I feel that our community uh, uh, has to be, like what you're doing now, sharing uh, that there's nothing wrong with the future. It's just that we all have to work together. together. Because all it's doing us is the ones that are afraid of it or, or don't understand divides us instead of going forward we're kind of stepping back yeah 
And I feel only way we're going to do this, we have to share to say, no, let's really look at the picture and find out the goods and the bad. Because of everything that's going on, there is a compromise. And they will settle because everything that we do now is for the future that we're doing now. And that's very, very important that the community understands. Don't be afraid because the gentrification did a lot of bad and a lot of good. Let's see. You see speaking of CBA, it's Community Betterment Agreement. Those are everywhere right now. I think they were involved with the Obama Foundation. We had it here on the seventh ward. They had CBA. I was attending big meetings. It's all about community input. We, we lack a lot of input, but they're not giving us the facts. And they give it to us at the 11th hour where we say, can they do that? And it's too late. Like General Iron, I'm glad you mentioned that. You know, well, let's have dialogue. Let's critique. Let's, we don't want it, the bottom line. But let's move on. Let's, let's get to the other. Uh, Amazon, I think, is being built right now. Is that what that mm. big building? Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Amazon. And, 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 and here's a fact that I found, just found recently that uh, General Iron, the tra we were concerned about the traffic coming in. The tra their plans are to come on the river with their scrap, and they're oh. right, they're, they're close by. And I says, how ingenious. A lot of us don't know this. Mm -hmm. So, Lack of communication, you know, it's like Kuhan Luke. What we have here, what we have here is a failure to communicate. Right. You know, it's it's input. We have to have input and discuss it. What is it that we want? You know. Well, I'll tell you mm -hmm. what, in a certain way, a lot of people, although the disinvestment of the community came about and the closing of the mills came about, that was a blessing to some people yeah. because we wouldn't have offsprings now because oh. we'd be fucking dead. Wow. Sorry, Frank. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's very functional in the black and Latino community. Yes. Yes. Uh, I, I hear you, all right? I, <laughs> anyway, I, you know, this is, what, this is what our problem is. What we have to do is we have to be the community center. We have to be the community center. Wow. If you can't, Mohammed, he had to go to the mountain because the mountain wasn't going to Mohammed. That's right. Okay? He, but now there is such a thing as, you know, the mountain, somebody represents the mountain. Mr. Corona is going to represent the mountain. He's going to take his guitar all over the neighborhood and he's going to teach little kids how to play. Hmm. One of them is going to learn how to play. Mm -hmm. And just like in scripture, if only one, if you yeah. get one, you got one. So wow. we say it's like uh, when everybody comes through here, I always tell them, like, it starts with us. Why are we trying to reach out? Let's reach in. Mm. Like, he's doing something. I told him, like, you want to bike with us Thursday? Like, that's, it's us. We need to start that. And that's why he's going, he has Tommy Talks now. He has AJ. A lot of people are working together now. Now he talked to the principal, and now the principal is going to try to help us with more things for the community. Yeah. Mm. And that's why I say it always starts with us. It just starts with you. And when you guys are starting to ride together, get some of them little lift bikes and whatnot. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. to, to, hey, come ride with us. Yeah. How? I don't have a bike. Bullshit. Right there. Yeah. You I got a you. bike. We got a bike for you. You ain't going to have to let somebody use your bike, but give them access to a bike. I have a question for all you guys. You guys kind of brushed upon it, saying it was built that way. Do you think we weren't taught about our own culture on purpose? 
I have a discussion. I have a few discussions yes. with my friends. My my answer is yes. You didn't hear history. Yeah. You heard his story. Exactly. We heard a certain okay. um, point of school. You did not hear history. You heard his story the way he tried to teach it. Their story it. was told to us. And we kind of, we were like the knuckleheads of our school. Yeah. We went to Bowen and we said, wait a minute. Why are we learning about these people? They don't look like me. How come we don't learn about people of our own culture? And... I think that kind of pushed us in a certain direction because that made us want to learn because wait a minute, we're getting pushed this, getting pushed this. Like you said, politics, they all, it, it, it was kind of made that way. So from your guys' perspective, you guys have a different perspective. You guys lived through this shit, lived through it for social media, lived through it during climate of, of, of war, of, 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 of people coming back of trying to build a community, seeing people fall apart. If we don't know about our own history, how can we build? And I'm, I'm excited for all you guys right well, now. Well, 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 <laughs> what the younger people have to understand is that they are learning history right in your kitchen table from your mother and your father. Ooh. They know mm -hmm. more history, goddammit, than any history book could teach you because mm. they know the history that you're involved in. Mm. This is your world. Mm. This is your neighborhood. Mijo, don't get scared of the nappy-haired black guy. Mm -hmm. Mijo, watch out for that blonde-haired guy. Mm -hmm. But Mijo, the guy that looks just like you, really watch out for him. Ooh. Okay? Because he could get the closest to you. Yeah. And he's the one that can hurt you the most. You want to be able to be compatible with everybody, but you don't want anybody to be so close to you that they can hurt you mm. just by looking at you. Mm -hmm. Don't hurt me just by having me smell you because you smell like trouble. I, th I, I think, getting back to the question, we were misled, miseducated. Bowen High School was a very good school. It was predominantly Jewish. Academically, it was up there. We had a lot of Jew We had classes, honor classes, and... So it was pretty well. Then it started to decline. It got down. But we don't have any Chicano studies here. In the, mm -hmm. in the, and we don't have bilingual program here. So we're lacking a lot. And it's not, it's very important. The history, I'll give you an example right now. Christopher Columbus statue. Uh, the Christopher Columbus was taken down. And the history's coming out. It's the truth. He's like, yeah. he's like Hernan Cortez, mm, La Malinche in Spain. That's what we talk truth. about. Hernan Cortez, Christopher the same. Arrogant. They weren't military geniuses and, and fought. And they were sent by some, and it was about the, this and the atrocities. We weren't taught everything. Uh, I uh, I dwell in, in into the Mexicas because my grandfather. We're from Tenochtitlan, which is center Mexico. They 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 they. they, they what they did is what they're doing here right now in history. Mm. They're dividing us mm -hmm. politically, socially. When Montezuma and, and the Aztecs knew they were coming, the tribes they were fighting, Hernán Cortés got them. Oh. 40,000 were killed in just two battles. Indians, not Spaniards. 40,000 our own, going, what we're doing now, fighting against each other. Wow. You know, like racism that. has... Has its claws and and it's a it's a maldición, it's a bad word. Racism. Our parents didn't teach us that. I love it what he said. And be careful of the, that. That where it's unique. We grew up with the blacks. Yeah, I'm a Mexican. We I'm, see, <laughs> so, and, and we we were like what's I'm happening now with the with the white supremacists. They came out, and we don't know how to 
You don't even know how to talk about them. Yeah. You know, is it real? Yeah, they're real. The, uh, the history in Mexico, when we fought the the, uh, the, the white supremacists, there's history books that teach mm. you this. I learned of the studies through Chewy. But no, education is the key. Education, the Black Lives Movement is combining with the Chicanos in California as we speak. It cannot happen like this. It has to be like this. It, mm. it, does. it does. And we've seen it. Got you. That's how we got Harold Washington in. That's how we got Barack Obama in. But but we not black. Yeah. If every Mexican in the United States that could vote voted, we'd be eating tacos and Manulo on Sunday. (laughs) Believe me. Right, that's true. Believe me. Yeah. Okay, and Montezuma's revenge will be complete. (laughs) Yes. Well, Dad asked me about uh, the Christopher Columbus statue. Yes, very interesting. And uh, I had a solution. You eliminate the word discover. Ooh. Thank you. Mm. Get rid yeah. of that word. Thank you, Roman. And you add three other elements of anything. The Potawatomi, the people who came here, you put them on one side. Mm. Then you put the worker on this side. And then the most important thing on this side would be what we've always, always been about, familia. Mm. Mm-hmm. That solves the problem of Christopher Columbus. You know, yeah. Because we, understand, we all know the history. No sense in repeating it. Get rid of that one word. And it make a hell of a difference. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't. He didn't sell for Italy. Yeah. He sold for Spain. He was selling for Spain. Isabella, you know, Ferdinand, Isabella. They paid his way that's, to go go land, correct. like they said, primitive rock uh, landed on us. Mercenary. That's yeah. what you could call. First, them. they send the missionaries. Then they send a the mercenary. Then they send the mercenaries, mm. and then you're screwed. You don't know where to go to McDonald's or Burger King. I, I, I asked you about the <laughs> gentleman, Mr. Walsh, you have to get this calendar from Dr. Quinones. We have to push it. Yeah. This calendar calendar pertains to what we're having a conversation here. The uh. recent court cases, all Chicano court cases, um, incidents that happened in the 70s, 80s, 90s, because if you don't repeat them, if you don't document them, they forget them. On this cal- mm. calendar, you're going to enjoy it. And you're going to look and say, damn, Arizona, San Antonio, uh, Colorado, and these doctors. One convention we went to, they introduced this Chicano guy whose parents were farm workers. He says, this gentleman has, este profesor, tiene, he got more degrees than a thermostat. Damn. I said, damn. What the fuck is this? <laughs> this guy had two PhDs, two masters, damn. and his graduate. Man, silver-haired, come out and talk normal. And I had to ask him, do they respect you more with the PhD? I says, yes. The PhD, not only can you verbally and use the right words, you have to write it. Document your, it's like Mm -hmm. a union. You have Mm -hmm. to document. That's what they said. Without documentation, there's no trail. That's all about unionism. That's what we're about. Our parents, our grandparents. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, uh that question's interesting because I've been thinking a lot about that, especially with the story. You know, for me, I grew up, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a nerd. I'm an academic. I, I, I love reading. I got it from my gramps. You know, we're, you know, we're a family that takes education very seriously. And I'm, you know, getting older and I'm finding the things that I like to read. And I found that I love history. I love hearing about the Roman Empire and how the Gauls and the Celtic peoples were, were taken over by this empire. I love learning war strategy, the prince, the art of war. And what I found so interesting is that as I'm reading these, as I'm reading these books and I'm learning about these maxims of war, how to succeed, how to dominate, how to win, I'm noticing that we 
you know, my grandma's been telling me this shit my whole life. You know, like <laughs> on you know on this book on this book written thousands and thousands of years ago. It's you know, one strategy is if angry, perturb them. You know, which mm-hmm. basically means if you're in a battle with someone, keep them on the move, keep them keep them unfocused. Mm-hmm. Um, I, an enemy of an enemy is a friend. Shit, my grandma told me that since I was a kid. Hey, yeah. mijo, this home, this guy got a problem with you. Yeah. Find who got a problem with him and link with him, and then it's two <laughs> versus one. So I'm learning all these things and I'm, and I'm reading, you know, For and, and, then, and that's when it dawns on me. Like, yeah, the history is their story. So we have to tell ours because we got a Robin Hood on 87th and Houston. We got a King Arthur on 91st and Commercial. Amen. We got three Merlins sitting in the fucking room right here, you know? And, and Absolutely. I think what's important is for us to realize, like you said, we have to reach in. I love that phrase because it's all here. Everything we need is here. The gold is here. Mm. The steel was here. Mm-hmm. But now we have these artists, we have these academics, and we have these stories. And what we need to do is have more of those conversations at home and then tell them stories to well, each other. What we have to realize is the alchemy is here, too. We can make gold. Yeah. Ooh, the yeah. Damn. We, we, we can make gold. We have the power. Wow. We have the power. You know, Alchemy, they call it. Where did you guys start learning... Or when did you guys start learning about your own culture? Because I, Frank, I've, I've known him. He's always been and powerful I, with his words. I, but- went, I went through my culture change before high school. You know, I, I, I said, I want, I'm, not, I'm not Mexican. I'm, Ameri- I'm American, you know. And I wasn't ashamed to speak Spanish because I had to speak to my fam- fam- family. But mm-hmm. I had that tug and tie until high school. It's when I formed... I I got my my sister used to make fun of me. Hey Frank, why don't you change your name to Frank Crown? <laughs> you know, and my, to this day I says I, I passed that. You become a stronger Chicano when you go through the identity crisis. But once you get educated and you start meeting the people like Roman Villarreal, Coco Gomez, man. You ain't no poot, but you ain't a little piece of shit. You and you you with the chingones. You can rub elbows with these guys, man. You know. Your dad, Papa Joe. I love Papa Joe, man. God damn, it's Papa Joe. ¿Qué tienes? I said, yo nada. He says, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, Frank, give him, give, him your, give him your dime back. Back then, it was a dime bag. I said, hey, Papa Joe, orale mine. I said, all right. Come back later. I said, hey, man, what Papa Joe? Hey, Coco, your father... Took my goddamn. Rip me off. He says, hey, <laughs> por pendejo, he <laughs> says, you <laughs> dummy, you shouldn't have gave it to oh, him. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 that's a barrio joke. A, that's a, a barrio joke. He says, dámelo, dámelo. And my man pulled out his pack of cigarettes and took the, the foil off, the cellophane, put his weed in there, See? wrapped See? it up. He and he said, what'd you do that for? Oh, so it don't stink. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, Coco, how about that guy that got <laughs> shot <laughs> when you and I were together? That guy that got oh, shot. Yeah. Tell him what I did. Tell him what I did. <laughs> True story. This is a, it was in the 70s or so, right? Well, yeah. I was working in... We, my dad was body and fender man by trade. In a garage. He, he had a little garage in the back of his house on Birdie, 9003 Birdie. And Frank was always interested in all type of things. So my dad was teaching him body and fender work or whatnot. Frank was a good guy anyway. And he was my friend too. He was by my garage. And all of a sudden... This guy, he's on a fucking garage doing something. I don't know. And all of a sudden, we hear these shots on Buffalo, which is the next street. Yeah. So Frankie, the first thing he did was snatch off his fucking T-shirt and start running towards the sound and saying, I'm a Chicago fireman. 
Oh, wow. They shot this guy. Yeah. They shot him because he was high on THC. Yeah, pobrecito. In the wow. mill. He didn't it, have a it gun. It was a drug that was being he didn't have given a gun. to everybody. So he got high in the mill and he got all naked and he ran he out naked. He didn't have a gun. The cops shot him nine fucking times. Oh, I God. ran out there that, like, and that. Coco said, Frank, <laughs> the cops are going to shoot you in the back. I said, Good, because I'm stopping. I he was gone. They shot him awful. He didn't have a gun. He took his he stuff. He had no off. clothes on. He didn't know. And you know, wow. it's still the same thing happening with the black man today. That's yeah. why wow. the unity has to come from us, the warriors. Mm-hmm. We're not soldiers. I was a soldier. He was. We're, you, we're warriors. You can't be afraid to get into the shit when the shit hits the fan. You know, you he can't said, get up and. He fucking said, "Frank, they, could have got, and he could have. The guy could have turned around and." Easy, easy, easy. Wow. I said, if it was my time to go to help somebody, and he was gone, I tried to put my hand and this, and he says, "Man, you're what's that?" Was my instinct. Yeah. I still have that instinct. I have to help. I'm not. I'm. I'm an old man. She fuck one in the great one on the banana peel. Better oh, your boy. I'm gonna go with Jesus Christ. I'm gonna go with him. Jesus, I'll go with I Jesus go. too. All but we time. gotta go. We have to fight back. And I'm not talking about physical fighting no more. No, it's we're all talking. About you're mind. asking a question about knowledge. Where where's our Chicano leader over here? Mm. Where is it? Where's the spokesperson mm. in East Side, South Chicago, Bush? Who who comes around and tells us, hey man, they're doing this right now in Washington D.C. Or they're doing this in Springfield. Or we have to get petitions. Besides we, vote, we got to get petitions. We had to create our own people. I never did it. I was one of the young guys that was running away. I never missed school and all that. But I did have a lot of friends that did. They didn't give a care about going to school or nothing. They'd fucking bum all day long and whatnot. Until they start making something called like a tune officer. Remember Hank mm. Martinez? Yeah. Hank MCC. Martinez was a Mexican MCC. From, from, from the community that cared about kids. He'd go find your ass and take your ass back home or to school. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> I swear, he was Frank a veteran, Ma- Korean wow. vet, combat vet. Oh, wow. Hank Martinez, and, and he started the Mexican Community Committee. Wow. Was the first president I was on, okay. I was of the, the Mexican I was on the board of directors. I was a volunteer for the MCC. Tony Navarro nice. became president, yeah. too. Yeah, that was Tony uh, Navarro. That was, was after I left. The MCC, the Mexican Patriotic Club, which I belonged to for many years. I just, my wife and I just resigned. That's the oldest club in yeah, South Chicago. That was a Turk yeah. clubhouse. The Turks bought yeah, the, the clubhouse. The Mexican, the Me- Mexican Patriotic Club no, is 80, Patriotic club. 87, 88 years old right now. And that's the oldest in the city of Chicago. That's still surviving. Yeah, yeah. Wow. My wife and I left about seven and, uh, years ago. The Vargas girl was involved. In Carmela. Carmela. David Vargas. Yeah. Yes. She's the president. Yeah. But anyways, they're not functional anymore in our community here. There's, there's, we have a dance, but it's out. In the, but the MCC yeah. was there. Yeah. Um, the, the library is, is a well-kept circuit also. There's where we have to start working on getting our younger grammar school kids into them libraries. Into, into reading. Reading, when you read a book, you go through a whole life. I learned that I, I read simple books, so I learned about simple lives. But I learned about lives. I learned about cowboys. I love Max Brand and Louis Lamar. Those are the best cowboy writers in the world still now today. And you've seen movies about shit that they've written about. But there's a a story, a lifetime within a book. The bigger the book, the bigger your story is. 
So the more you're reading, the more you're learning, and, and that's power, that's knowledge, that's not what's the What's the name of the library by the water towers? I'm, I'm losing it. Uh, the one by the library. It's, the it's Harold a, Washington Library? No, the Harold's another one. That's awesome. I've been there. The one right by the wa where the water uh, from the Chicago Fire, it's downtown on Main Street. It's eight, 800 sure. North, 800 sure. North we'll, we'll get back. I got another question, though, in the yeah. meanwhile. Um, speaking of history and, um, you know, I don't think it always has to be uh, literal. I don't think it always has to be text. Roman, can you talk a bit, pretty much all three of you, about how your art tells our history, how your music tells our history? Well, it's interesting because, um, well, back to the, the question of education. You know, when, when the education time comes, you have to take it upon yourself to educate yourself, which was really important. As an artist, uh, I realized the importance of an artist because a lot of people from the Field Museum started the anthropologists. They were, they were studying, right? They were studying us. And then I realized the importance of an, of an urban artist because what you're doing is you're sharing your experiences and your artwork to your canvas, to your sculptures. So in the near future, 20, 30 years from now, they're going to come say, well, what was happening during this period? You go back to the artists of that period and you'll see the good, the bad. And I realized that in the early years I was doing the certain type of work, but I wasn't having a balance. Mm. So I had to show that, yes, it was bad. But at the same time, there was good. <laughs> so I had to make sure that there was an even balance on what I was doing about life because life is a balance. Mm. And as an artist and somebody who's going to be studying in the near future, it had to be real important to me that whatever I did, good or bad, had to be a positive image followed with it. Mm. So a lot of my work revolves around this particular thing that you sort of learn by yourself in, in, in the certain back to education. And how you do it is like the way we mentioned is through through your you educate yourself. Mm. In right. other words, you start studying your history and you absorb I, it. I must but the add, only problem he's an with advent, that, he's an avid reader. Yeah, but the problem mm. with that is sometimes he's an avid reader. You're so overwhelmed with what you're reading that there was nobody to talk to in this neighborhood. Just imagine, uh, I was studying Dadaism, uh, the Impressionist movement. Yeah. Go to a bar in South Chicago and try to talk to somebody. <laughs> right, yeah. Thank they you. look at you like, what the hell? No, they're taking you to the toilet and say, so, look at this shit I wrote so on what, the wall. So, <laughs> what, we had to do, life, so yes. what we had to do as artists, we gathered amongst each other. Like when Chewy was going to college, Chewy brought college back to us. Yes. Nice. Louis Cortez wow. started going to the Art Institute. He brought the Art Institute back to the neighborhood, and wow. we were sharing it amongst each other. And that was something that really, because even though a lot of us didn't get a degree, which I, whoever hears this, remember, the degree is the most important thing right now. Yes. I'm an outside artist. Historically, I will be in art history. But if I would have had a degree in art, I would be at a whole new level mm. as an artist. But I'm still glad that I'm at the level that I am now because I'm able to share the, the, the experience. And it was interesting how our community shared amongst each other. The musicians shared with each other. Everybody that came to the music came because we taught each other what was happening during that period. Because a lot of times we didn't have outside influence. It all came from ourselves wow. and what we were picking up. Then we would study it and then we started sharing it. And basically through, through what my experience with Chuy Negrete and some of the other guys, I share. Any young artist that comes to me to ask me my advice, I give them the best advice I possibly can. But the main thing is you share. Yeah. Because you could be a negative person and just say, I don't want to talk to you. I'm just, you're worried about yourself. But we can't do that. But we, you know? we were on 18th Street. We were on 26th Street. I was playing with Chewy. We'd go over there, see the artists over there. 18th Street, 26th Street, back of the yards, all these Chicano. We're talking, we were going back during the 80s. We stopped going over there 
God, I want to say in the 90s, I think, we didn't, no more 18, it's being gentrified right now. A lot of things are moving out of there. They're being forced up. So we, it was interesting in the time we were there on 18th Street at Inkworks. Yeah, because I was part of Casa Slan. Uh, Casa Slan. Wow. And then don't forget you have uh, 26th Street where there's a homegrown roots, Chicano intellectuals, college students, we, we landed professors. Going to, we professors. went to Humble Park. We, we were part of the Humble Park movement, Irving Park movement. We went to Indiana, <coughs> became part of a movement. So everywhere Damn. we went. All over the place. We were carrying... You know, what yeah. we learned out of it, we weren't trying to really out, out there educate. We were just doing our thing, but we didn't realize how important what we were doing was to what the future. I, I reflect oh. now, and I, I should have written. My son is a writer. I write, but I, I'm in the process right now of of getting back into the Chicano movement and saying, why is is it us? Is it us here in the Midwest? Is it by design? You know, before you make an accusation, you have to have facts. This way that you can't lie. You tell the truth. Yeah. And you say, Frank, to say it. I said, well, you get up and say it. We have fear in the community. Yes. There's fear. From where? From who and what? Sepa Dios. Mm -hmm. Sepa Dios. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, my experience on the radio shows that I've been on, on, on VON and, and uh, Dr. McCann and, and Doc, and, um, the one where was Chewy, um, Studs Terkel, always specifically spoke of unionism, unions, black and Latino again, black and Latino again, the well, unity. Well, Martinez used to have a, a, a radio program in the early years coming out of the university in High Park. Mm. Oh, Chewy did. Uh, no, Hank Martinez. Hank did before Chewy. Okay. I never, I, I didn't, I never knew what he talked about. What was, what was his topics back then? Well, with me, we basically talked about the arts of the community. With oh, Hank. okay. But he was a pioneer. Hank Martinez was one of the top pioneers of our community. You know, everybody has different opinions of him, but I held him at very high esteem. He was a person that I looked at. Uh, he was a mentor. Even when we, even when mm. we were doing bad, we realized okay. that he was trying to steer us in the right direction. A little rough. Oh, he was. Once you realize what he was doing, you respected it one hundred percent. Yeah, he called me. All he wanted us to do is just he called me. Pay attention, Pancho. Pancho. You know, the rougher you were, the rougher he was. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting because we thought he was a cop, juvenile. You a No. He was. He was a badass. He was a badass. But you know, getting down to a real quick. Huh? No, just real quick before I forget. Um, okay. it's I love hearing these names because I'm hearing them so often as I'm doing my research, as I'm interviewing mm -hmm. people. You talked about the um, Mexican Patriotic Club. Carmela Vargas gave me a bunch of great history and insight from Good. OLG, a bunch of wow. pictures. Um, when I went to the, to the museums in the city to find any of our archive materials, there was really only two names I saw that donated stuff, and it was Ed Sadlowski and Hank Martinez. So, yeah. oh, wow. you know, people need to know that. It's, I love that. You know, that it's important. I, I, it's, I work it, with Ed. Well, yeah. Ed Sadlowski, he was Dawn Chingon in the neighborhood. Yeah, he, he, I work he with ran, Ed. He ran the neighborhood. He was the alderman. Not only that, before that, he was committee man. He was some of them. I know him well because my sister she worked was a for him. Union leader. Yeah, my he was an alderman. No, yeah. he was an my alderman. sister used to ride around in a green Cadillac with this guy, you know. Uh, but Eddie Bedoya has a whole house. His house was a whole block. Yeah, yeah. But Eddie there. got greedy. My own opinion, <laughs> I'm greedy too. But I'm more needy <laughs> than I am greedy. Yeah. I, I, I think the question you want to ask for the Mexican Patriotic Club, besides being the oldest, I think what you should dive into, which I was a historian, 
is the queen. The queens every year. Oh, the Our Lady of Guadalupe? Of uh, the Mexican Patriotic the Club. Parade, yeah. No, no, no. I'm speaking of the Mexican Patriotic Club Parade Queen. Yeah. Every OLG, year. OLG, though, right? Oh. Well, they used to work out of OLG, yeah. the Mexican Patriotic Club, but it was separate. It was yeah. a separate entity. So if you don't want, if you can dwell, not dwell, start researching on the queens from, wow. from the past. Oh, yeah. I Archive had some that. stuff taken. It was stolen. I took it to a shop and they said they lost it. Oh, there were wow. pictures of past. Talk about being yeah, discouraged. Yeah, Linda Bravo's, wow. uh, Linda Bravo's sister was the queen. See? Uh, the, and Gracie and I was the queen of the Mexican parade, too. Okay, but so. Like, at one time, it was more politics, like uh, Stanley Zima and whatnot. Good. But then after Gracie, it was about who sold the most votes, tickets. Yeah. No, who sold the most tickets? To Raffle that? tickets and shit, or whatever it was. Anyways, I, that's a good thing. It was it was like the walk, the parade, the horses would come, and oh, the soldiers would march. The veterans yeah. would march. But Steve, I would recommend very, very, to everybody here, find out who Hank Martinez was. Yeah. He was a very, very, very important person. But you're going to hear different stories yeah. about him. No, I know his daughter pretty well from but, college. But he is a great guy. As a matter of fact, he was the best dressed guy in South Chicago. <laughs> yeah, he would be dressed. Uh, he mean, was a dark-ass Mexican. Yeah, too. but he was a good example. <laughs> he was, bro. You know, you got a good example. Yeah, that Look Aztec blood. Yeah, that was he, doing he, he's one of them real Mexicans. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> his name was Martinez. Him, <laughs> his Not message. Martinez. Yeah. Sam, how about Hank Martin? And Ray Castro. Oh, Ray Castro yeah. started with the Department of Human Resources. He was a good man. He worked, did yeah. a lot of community yeah, work. Yeah, I know. Hey, hey, well. hey, Frank Muggsy. Uh, Ray Castro. Muggsy. Muggsy. Yeah, yeah. Muggsy. He was also working my corner when I fought. I oh, had wow. Pete yeah. Sandoval, Korean vet. Yeah, Stevie Muggsy. Castro, too. Stevie Castro was my sparring partner. He, he sent me to the house. He broke Robles. my ribs. So, Frank, where were you fighting out of? Like, where was your location? Where were you training? How did you get into boxing? We. I'm glad you asked. That's a history that's also being lost. Uh, yeah, a lot, of the, a lot of those clubs closed down. Victor Vela has a scrapbook that'll tell you everything. Mm. Ray yeah. Castro, Pete Sandoval, Vic Vela, the boxing coach. Yeah. Ralph Cortez. Wow. Um, the Moose. Moose. All veterans. Moose. These are all Marine he, he Army ran, uh, combat veterans. Uh, uh, Wisconsin Steel president, too. Union. So there was conflicts out there getting back to the gangs and within the neighborhood. So they wanted to said, let's fix this and let's do it right. Back then, the 4th District was doing community work. They gave us, they bought us a ring. We have a ring in the basement of OLG Church. Wow. Wow. Speed bag, a heavy bag. There's where I started. I must have started fighting back in 68, 69, because I won the gloves in 70. I never won the CYO. I fought for four years. I went to the Las Vegas for the National Golden Gloves, and I lost my third fight. I couldn't maintain my weight anymore. Mm. I couldn't keep that featherweight. It was hard. I'm, I started at 17, 18, 19, 20. You, you guys, that's why you got to understand why you start moving up in weight, and it gets dangerous. I started getting cut. The nose is fixed, cut over the mm. eyes, teeth chipped. But it's so exciting. It's so challenging. The boxing ring, Corky Gonzalez from Denver, Colorado. Dang. I bleed as the vicious gloves cuts my face and eyes as I fight my way out of the stinking barrio into the glamour of lights, smoke-filled rooms, mm. and beautiful world. That was Corky Gonzalez. He was active in Colorado. He's in the calendar. Dichos. I... Mm -hmm. I try to take his spirit. I can't get Corky's spirit. He's in Colorado because he was an activist 
and um, very articulate, good boxer, a lightweight, 135. He fought pro. I never fought pro. I was an amateur fighter. Get that clear. I sparred with pros. I sparred. That's how, how come I was so good in the amateur field. We also had our international boxing team back. They were trying to bring boxing back because boxing's going out the window. That's how come they brought the, the women into the boxing ring. So they started an international boxing team called the Chicago Clippers. So here we go. We fly to Kentucky. We fly to St. Louis. And we fight teams. I got pictures of teams we fought against. Am I fighting tonight? No, you're second string. Sit, sit your ass down. <laughs> you used to fight these dudes that were bad, man. I mean, semi-pro. And I'm an amateur, so... You know what the difference between an amateur fighter and a professional fighter is, right? Money. <laughs> the professionals get paid. Yeah. Thank you. Because uh, I was getting cut and I was getting stuff not. It was very interesting. It helped me form my discipline. People look at me as a champ, you know, in the neighborhood. That, hey, the boxing champ, Frankie. Yeah, that's how I remember you yeah, growing see, up. And you have to keep up the expectation, the respect. <laughs> that respect is the, is the main thing. My hero uh, in the boxing world was Muhammad Ali. When we, I used to run to the gym to see him and he'd talk to us and he lo we'd look up at him he'd say, oh, I'm pretty. <laughs> He's six foot four. Yes. But to see him move the way he did. My Chicano heroes like Julio Cesar Chavez, uh, of course, Julio Cesar was the man. He's the pound for pound. Yeah. Next to Sugar Ray Robinson, pound for pound. A lot of Mexican fighters, you guys, we don't even talk about. Like, we talk about baseball, mm. hockey, basketball. Mm. But the boxing world once was dominated by the Mexicanos. Now, right now. Lucha yeah. too, luchadores, man. Yeah, they luchadores. Right. Mexicano influence. It's all Mexican shit, man. Nacho Libre, was that the, That was perfect movie. I love that movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nacho <laughs> yeah. Libre. But they went a long ways, you know, from the soccer ball to the eight ball. Oh, uh, Brandon Moreno was just the uh, UFC champ, I think. Oh yeah, he just yeah, won yeah. it the first the UFC first. I think, but I think, but uh, yeah. Brandon Frank, Frank learned his Brandon, Hey Frank, tell him uh, did you see the fight? Tell him about uh, Louis Louis Lambert. The first fight. Aguilar. Yeah. yeah. Louis, uh, Louis, Louis Aguilar. Uh, you Lamb know what? You're Aguilar. speaking of that name. I he was, was after you. Yeah, I was. Uh, I know. I know. Well, you no. Know. He came after Frank. Yeah. Frank, you know, uh, before him came Beto Victor and Stevie Cash. Yeah. All the so, interesting thing is like, I know all of these last names. We we all grew up with mm -hmm. these last yeah. names. So I know no. all of these people's kids and grandkids. And, and, and Louis Aguilar, I got a lot of great stuff we're going to use from the That's film. That's Lamb his, All his, the Aguilar. His daughter, his daughter and, and him... Gave me a lot of awesome material, you know. His sister is married to Peanut's mother. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, it's a small neighborhood. <laughs> it's a small neighborhood, you know what I mean? So how does that work for you, Stephen? Because I know you said earlier you're working on this documentary and you're realizing there kind of is no ending. It's an evolving thing. And that's that's the beauty of this this whole thing that we're doing. And, and that's my, my idea on that is to continue yeah, that's what I was going to ask. How are you... Continue, because now you're going to get the chance to double research and, and, and check who said this. Mm -hmm. I wear blue, but I always see you in white. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Research on research or whatever, but if you want to end it, end it with this. 
the end. Go ahead, go ahead. So how is that? Uh, how is that? You know, taking you down this road of doing this documentary, you're learning so much new things. It seems like as you talk to one person, you meet two other people yeah. that are doing something cool in the community, and then it just keeps going. Now you're meeting four, ten, eighteen, twenty. What do you? Where are you guys at right now, and what do you see going on? Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, I, again, I think what's interesting about history and people is, you know, you're one person until you evolve into a next. I, you know, I use the same, you're, Darth, you're, you're Anakin until you become Darth Vader. Yeah, a, nice. king, a King Arthur grows to become a Merlin after experience, after life. So what I'm trying to do um, is take the framework of, of what's called the hero's journey. And it's a very popular um, organization for story. It's uh, one of my favorite books by Joseph Campbell's The Hero with a Thousand Faces. And it basically goes through the levels of what it takes to be a hero. You know, you're first, you're asked, you're given the call to adventure. You don't think you're ready for it. You get convinced by your world that you can do it. You leave your world. Mm -hmm. You battle a foe. You battle yourself. Um, you're given a gift from the goddess. You know, all of these little steps that you can, you can see in the story of Jesus, the story of Buddha, the story of Anakin, um, you know, because I think it all comes from our dreams, right? Like these, mm. these stories, the way we compose it. Yeah. So what I'm trying to do is, is take Southeast Chicago, the Southeast side, and personify it as one person. If this was one person, how would this journey look, you know? Um, with, with these conflicts being what to do when the steel mill closes with, what to do when you go from, a, you know, you turn in your diploma and you get a hard hat or, or a helmet, um, you know, and, and what are these conflicts that I think are universal? Because, you know, what happened to our neighborhood is a representation of the Rust Belt. It's a representation mm. of what globalization did to the world. So I want to make sure that someone from every part of the world can connect to this story. Nice. So um, in terms of the ending, you know, it's kind of different because our story is not necessarily heroic. Ours is almost a villain's journey, mm. you know, which is why last time I was on here, we talked so much about Darth mm -hmm. Vader because, you know, my grandfather to me was that story of this, this hero who, you know, through time got beat up by experience, by life, by all of these external factors that came and, and, and gave you that test. Who are you? What type of man are you? And what I'm understanding from his story and everyone's that I'm hearing from is, hey, I got a family and I'll do whatever I got to do. You got to do whatever you got to do. Because when my, when my team, when I was on, at the fork in the road, what I call the fork in the road, you got to go one way or the other, right? I guess one is right and one is wrong. But one is right and one is left. Okay? But you got to be like you, the story. The story of the east side. The story of the east side, it's got to make itself split into the yin and the yang. Mm. You got to be both. You can't be one. There is not one without the other. There's not light without dark. Nothing goes without the other. Everybody has a partner. 50-50. Okay, so th this is this is the thing that you have to realize. What we, we want to make it like Camelot at the end to make it a happy ending, but you want you you when when, it, when the story first started, we were talking about listen to how the wind blows, the gangs in the neighborhood, who were they, how they started, but the story got so deep that now it's getting bigger. And bigger yeah. and, and bigger. And, and this is what I'm saying. Don't let it end there. Well, you know, yeah. But I mean, I, I guess the big thing is I want to end it truthfully, you know. So we're, we're, we're Mr. not. Mr. Walsh, what's your first name again? I'm sorry. Steven. 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 
Go ahead. I'm sorry, Stephen. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think in terms of making a whole piece a 90-minute piece, um, you know, I'm not going to end it saying that our neighborhood's fixed because it's not. Right. No. And I'm not going to end it saying our neighborhood's fucked because it's not. No. You know, I'm going to end it saying that there's hope, that there's individuals like us who are trying, that are learning from our, our Merlins and our wise ones. Um, who are understanding the importance of teaching that history to our kids. I got a mm. daughter now. I can't wait for her to be ready to learn about my Robin Hood mm. and my Joan of Arc mm. and, and my King Arthur. Mm. Um, so I'm going to end it saying, like all things, it's it's never over. But what makes our neighborhood stronger than any other is that, that toughness that we have, that 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 soul that's as tough as that steel that we once made. Yes. You know, mm. We got villains... We may be called a villain. I mean, every hero is someone's villain, you know. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, no matter what, we're going to take care of ours. Yeah. Till we die. Stephen, as an elder, uh, as an elder, and I see you in a beautiful position that this is going to, can't end it because you're writing chapter one. That's exactly what I was going to say. That's exactly what I was going to say. As an elder, and I see, I, I can't put myself in your position and it's going to come to you. You're going to, like I do, we we meditate and we we ask, I ask God to give me the answer. He doesn't come right away, but you can't, it, it ain't going to end because it can't end. So you're starting a chapter that we should have did, we keep saying this a long time ago, but you're doing what hasn't been done. And it's, uh, it's sad. Your daughter's writing the next chapter. Liza Ooh. B, and your mm-hmm. daughter is writing the next chapter. My great grandkids and grandkids are helping her do that. If you think that we're badass, wait till you see them in a house or a room like this. They'll be talking about Mars and shit. Yeah. yeah. You know, For real. I'm talking about Alan over there. Hey, what we gonna, what we Let's take Heine's hot sauce to so Mars. I guess, I guess well, this is me. Take Heine's hot sauce to Mars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is me uh, putting on my press hat and saying, is there a possibility that there can be another city within a city? In the future, you know, um, there there will be, there will be. Whether I'm the storyteller, that's that's the big question. No, I'm know? saying specifically uh, for me by Stephen Walsh. You know what? Let's finish one. This is this is, this is one of the hardest things I've ever done in my entire life. I mean, there's you're pretty young. much there's you're five young, of us. Steve. You're young and strong. I see <laughs> I you, yeah. Steve. I see you. I, I see you and as you a know, leader. Look, at, look, at, look around in the room. You brought all these people together. Yes. You have all of our backs. Anything yes. you need from hey, any man. one of us, we're here for you. I've been I've been hanging with these guys since I was a little fucking rat. I'm old rat now. <laughs> well, but those splinters. I'm telling you, there's a lot of people that I know. I knew mm-hmm. that they know and knew uh, they're not here no more. Yeah. yeah. Every every time and when we meet now is at a wake or something. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. we want to meet at events, current events. We want to meet at, in churches. We want to meet at galleries. We want to meet at concerts. There you go. And we, you know, the most beautiful thing that I've learned through this experience is hearing somebody play my music that I wrote. Wow. And I'm not doing it. I'm just listening to it. Yeah. And I'm saying, damn, is that me? But someone else is going to... I'll kick it up a notch on whatever we're doing. Someone's going to take the idea and do kick it up a mm-hmm. notch. Yeah. Someone's going to play it backwards and give you everything back, like a country record. Yeah. You play a country record backwards, you get your car back, your dog back, <laughs> you get your mind, your mind back. Right. You, know, you get it all back. That is dope. Yeah.
Um, but yeah, I mean, I uh, I would love to keep doing this. You know, to talk about what we were talking about earlier, actually, while making this, I've I've been working on writing it. So I, I, I do agree that there's not enough text. There's not enough authorship from the neighborhood. There's great books about the neighborhood written from a lot of great people, but there's not that many black and brown. So, so while I'm making this documentary, it's not like I'm necessarily working on part two. I want to take what's going on and put it in multiple mediums. So gotcha. I'm working on a cartoon right now, but it's the exact same premise. It's about a group of kids in the southeast side that are banding together from different schools wow. to try to save their community from the last steel mill closing. So, wow. you know, I'm taking this story and I'm just trying to put it in different places. Because yeah. I, I do want my daughter to learn these themes about conflict and, and what it means to be at a fork in the road, what to do, who to talk to. So uh, I'm trying to take it just like, you know, where it all started was my Gramps music. That's where this whole thing started. As I heard his lyrics, I'm like, man, I was there. I feel it. When did you write that? 1975. I felt like I was wow. there. Um, so what I think is beauty about, you know, just learning in general, education, the things that are missing with, with our youth, our story and our culture. It's not necessarily that I'm thinking about part two. I'm thinking about just telling it on a, in a wide variety. Gotcha. Yeah, good. That's good to know. Another thing is hard to understand is that you don't have to be a bright-eyed, blue-eyed, you know, all-American boy. To have influence in the community, mm. you know, you could be both ways. You could be a little bit good, a little bit bad and all that. But you, the things that you do good got to be good enough for like a, like a song that will stay in your mind. You remember mm -hmm. that picture. Yeah. You remember that battle. You remember this, you know. This is what we're not probably not going to see. But we should start influencing the people that are into just being alive to be alive and be more active in everything don't yeah. try everything don't only try one thing don't only don't only do that you can't jump as high as joe don't go over it go under it <laughs> go around it oh the thing was get over there that's another art of war maxim by the way uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. exactly. and, and in warfare yeah. the, the best the military strategy in the world is the element of surprise, surprise. Yep. Wow. okay so surprise. So can I end the, well, I'm not going to do the whole song. One of Chewie's quips, one more. We can, let you, you. we can let you end it no, on that. No, no, give no, us, give us a second. Give us one second. And is everybody cool? Everybody good? Yeah, I got 85 yeah. more questions. So. <laughs> we can do that after the podcast. Part two. Yeah, yeah, you guys are always welcome to come back. Oh, thank you. Roman, Frank, Coco, Steven, thank you guys so much I for don't being care here. If it rains or freezes, Everybody have a good time. See you next Jesus. week. Thank you. I had a blast, and I wish I had a blast. Because <laughs> every time I hit the gas, I was kisses sitting on the dashboard of my car. I don't care if it rains or freezes, as long as I got my plastic Jesus sitting on the dashboard of my car. Cause every time I hit the gas, this kisses sitting on the dashboard of my car. Chicano, yo soy Chicano, and I'm proud and I know I can do it in my own good way. Some people say we're crazy, some people say we're lazy. No soy, soy puro mexicano.
por mi madre, yo soy mexicano. Y por destino soy americano. Yo soy de la raza de oro. Chuy Negrete. Bueno, Chuy. Hey, wow. Chuy. You've been listening to the South by Southeast podcast with your host, Mike, Tony the Jedi, and Matthew. Streaming on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Anchor. Find us on Facebook and Instagram, SXSE Podcast. Thanks for listening.